Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, and it is Friday, September 26, 2014. And we have got a terrific show for you today. Our guest, while she is an author, uh, actually wants us to focus on some of the more current things she's done. She wrote a book in January of 2011, or actually probably wrote it uh, prior to that, but it was published in 2011. And that book is called, But Are You Making Any Money? Stop Being Busy and Start Creating Cash. And while we're not going to talk about the, the contents of the book uh, our guest is Marley Major, and Marley is uh, an amazing entrepreneur, and she's just got uh, an incredible story that began when she went to Georgetown. And rather than me telling you her story, let me introduce you to her. Marley, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. And, you know, I really do want to go back to your Georgetown days because I, as I was reading various information about you and, and watching different clips uh, when you've been in, interviewed on TV, uh, you told some in, very, very interesting stories about that time in your life and how you went into your, your first business. So why don't you just introduce us to you? Okay. So um, it's a very busy, complicated place in this brain. Uh, so I will do my best to introduce you to the multi-challenged facets of my life. But <laughs> I, um, I grew up in Pasadena, California, which for those of you who are you know familiar with it, is, is might as well be Mayberry. I mean, it's pretty, um, it's kind of like the Connecticut of the West Coast. And I went off um, sort of doe-eyed to Georgetown and was so in over my head, it was apparent pretty much day one. And I just was surrounded with people that I just felt were so smart. And I was just felt so challenged. And that's kind of the theme of really of my life. Like I've, I've always wanted to accomplish a lot of things and put myself in places where very smart people were or very accomplished people, but always felt that I wasn't up to snuff um, for whatever reason. And so in, in school, that becomes obviously readily apparent because you've got grades to compare yourself to, right. uh, to compare yourself to others. And so what happened was I, it was like a double-edged sword. I wanted to be in these competitive environments and it pushed me and encouraged me, but at the same time, it kind of, um, it, you know, it, it can be challenging. So when I went to Georgetown, I, my junior year, kind of one of my turning points in my life was my junior year. Um, right before my junior year, I'd gone to cooking school in Paris for the summer. And I just, I went by myself. It was something I wanted to do. I wanted an adventure. I didn't have plans. I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. And so I went off to Paris, and then I came back to school for my junior year, which is a tough year. And I had to do a class for one of my professors on which I knew more about than anybody else. Well, now you can, you know, take the first piece of this introduction and imagine I panicked because I called my mom and I was like, I don't, there's nothing I know more about than these guys. They're so smart. My mom said, oh, listen, just do it on French cooking because there's no way they can trump you on that. And I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so, um, so I went 
to, in those days, you developed your film, and I walked into Georgetown, and I ran into my professor on the street, and of course, being the brown noser that I was, it was like, oh, and you know, I'm so excited, I'm in your class, and I'm doing my topic on French cooking, and I have an interview with a chef from 1789. Well, I had did not have an interview with a chef from 1789, nor had I thought about interviewing a chef from 1789, nor had I, like, ever had that crossed my mind, except that I had passed 1789 on my way to get my photos done. And the <laughs> professor was like, oh, my gosh, that's my favorite restaurant. I can't wait. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Oh, so no. <laughs> I literally panicked because, you know, chefs can be notoriously tricky. And so I got my photos. I went home, and I was just in tears. And I said to my roommates, I was like, what am I going to do? And my one roommate said, listen, I used to work there. They've got this new chef from New York who's really nice. He'll talk to you, I'm sure, because he's too new to, you know, blow you off. So I said, okay, great. So I interviewed him, and long story short is I laid eyes on him and decided that I needed to marry him. <laughs> and this story, while fairly long-winded, kind of sums up really my life because it is, like, I'm fearless in some ways, and then I go back and go, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And and he, you know, I was 19 years old at the time, and he was wow. 20 years older than I was. And I just was, I mean, I didn't know if he was married. I didn't know anything. But I just decided that I needed to marry him. So the only way I was ever going to get past this interview, um, because the, the kitchens, you know, are down below, like, sea level, basically, you know, in these old Georgetown places. So I thought there's no way I'm ever going to run into this guy. So I told him how I was so amazing at making souffles from being in cooking school in Paris that I was, and I knew they had souffles on the menu. So he's like, oh, my gosh, amazing. Well, I was bilingual, um, sort of, and I was, you know, a girl, and I think he was probably happy to have, like, you know, just a change of scenery in the kitchen. So he's like, great. Well, he thought I would quit in, like, one minute, and, of course, I didn't. So I would go to school till 2.30 every day, and then three days a week from 3.30 to 11.30, I would pretend to be this amazing souffle girl. And then after a year of like him never asking me out despite my full makeup and chef jacket every day. Um, I went to Normandy for cooking school the summer before my senior year, plotted and schemed all summer how I was going to quit and ruin his life. And I came back and I quit and he's like, okay, great. Would you like to have dinner? And we got engaged the month after graduation. Oh, wow. That is, like really where it all started because I had no intention zero of going into the food business or events or, or anything. And then it was of course a long windy road to get where I am today, you know, whatever. Well, in one of those steps and, and I, I read uh, this in, in one of the introductions to you was opening your own restaurant and actually, you know, selling a million dollars the first year, which is, is quite a feat for any restaurant. But but eventually after a couple of years of that and still owing a lot of money to people and not really taking anything home, you finally had this epiphany that it wasn't about sales. It was about profit, which, you know, that's like the duh moment of the entrepreneur. We all, we all get there and some of us get there sooner than others. And, and I've got to tell you as a consultant to major companies all over the world, uh, companies aren't always there either. So, you know, we can't beat ourselves up too much for being entrepreneurs, but what, what actually 
took you to the point of of writing the book? Because I, I realize this was a couple of years ago, and by that time the the restaurant was a distant memory, and you had already moved on yeah. to your party um, business. And uh, you know, again, your your uh, company is called the Party Goddess. So I, yeah. I want to get around to talking about that, but let's just briefly talk about the book because this whole uh, topic about making money was something that really was your epiphany at the restaurant. Yes. Well, let me let me tell you that. But one thing that you said that I just I cannot get out of my head is when you said that kind of dumb moment, and we all and you know, even whether it's big companies or not, and I and you know your your audience is, is primarily women, if not all women. And I just want to really highlight that is people have said often, and this this is going to play into why I wrote the book. But people have often said to me, why have you been so forthcoming about your, you know, the, the mistakes you've made? Like most people <laughs> don't take that approach. And right. my, my piece was the reason I did it was because I, so many of us, yeah, we have those dumb moments, but as women in business I have found, and I'm not sure if you found this with your consulting clients, but we beat ourselves up and we think we're the only ones and we think we're the only ones that have had this dumb moment. And so we so many times work and work and work only to find that our ladder is up against the wrong wall. And that's really what I found in my disconnect was, yes, I had this amazing um, business school background and certainly was a lifelong learner, but my disconnect was being able to take what I applied in school and detach sort of emotionally to make the decisions that I needed to make in the restaurant to meet, let's say, my margins or my pricing or, you know, right. let fight fire somebody or whatever. Um, but what I, the reason I ended up writing the book was because I had these aha moments in the restaurant, yet I couldn't, I still couldn't figure out how to make it work, how to get the volume that we needed to cover our costs and then the margins that, you know, that we, we, we needed and, and how to, how to basically market the things that have the highest margins and back up from the things that perhaps didn't have the highest margins. Oh, that's seems, the second dumb moment. <laughs> oh, and it just seems so overwhelming to me, but you know, in your, in our businesses, we have, whether you have products or services or multiple streams of income, I think a key thing is that not all pieces of your business have the same margins just because exactly. we lump them into our monthly P&L and we say, oh, our average profit margin is this and, and it doesn't change month to month for the most part. That doesn't mean that each of those buckets or those revenue streams don't have very separate <laughs> oh, exactly. And and I can tell you, I, I have been in the travel industry for 34 years, and all you have to do is to pull up Expedia, Priceline, mm-hmm. et cetera, and look at which tab they default to on travel. I yep. can guarantee you they make more money on hotel than anything else. But look it, at how many of them still have the air tab as the default. It's right. crazy. And it is so, it's so interesting. And so my aha moment was, obviously, I – I, there were certain things I did great in, in the restaurant business. Um, I didn't do well in terms of meeting my margins and the big picture. So then what happened is I thought, okay, well, it's because I've got all this overhead and I've, you know, all these different reasons, which were part of it. But then when I, when I started the party goddess in 2000, what happened was I realized, wait a second, I don't have all the overhead. I'm back to working in my um, spare bedroom. Yet I have the same problem meaning I'm working all the time, I'm not 
I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on revenue again. I think maybe because that's kind of the ego thing. You can say, hey, it's a number you can hang your hat on, and you can be like, I just did X amount in sales. Well, it's how much stays in your pocket. And so my aha moment and what ultimately led me to write the book was I was out to dinner with my parents and um, by now my second husband, who was a CFO, and my dad, I was like, oh, and then we're going to do this event for you know, this high-profile thing, or we're going to do this or this. And my dad said, but are you making any money? <laughs> like, he just was so over this, this like, glamorous this or that. He's like, Marlene, you're in business to make money. That's right. great. And he's like, and if you are making money, fabulous. But the, the point is to make money. Otherwise, you're a nonprofit or it's a hobby. And that was exactly. really, you know, my big watershed moment. And that's when I went back and realized I've got to, I've got to figure this out once and for all. And I did. And then obviously I kind of spawned my own new revenue stream with it. But right, right. So, so now you you are still balancing both, right? You are doing uh, coaching and consulting uh, to entrepreneurs and 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 bigger businesses as well. Yes. Plus, you still have your event business, correct? Yes, and. And people think that there's like a big disconnect with that. And in actuality, there isn't. Um, both things, whether it's events or, you know, coaching entrepreneurs, it's the same thing. At the end of the day, you want to make somebody happy, right? You right. want to make them happy with a party or a product launch or whatever. And with consulting, you want to make them happier or solve a problem in their business or give them confidence and give them air under their wing. And it's the same kind of high. It's just two different, um, slightly different kind of means to the end. But I, I have thought about a million different times, should I just focus on this or should I just focus on that? And for me, they feed each other. My, by being, having a, a business that, you know, I, where I'm forced to get deposits and sign contracts and all that, I'm in the trenches. So I can relate to my clients when they say, well, listen, it's tough out there. I don't know where to focus. Should I focus on social media? Well, I get it because I'm doing the same thing, you know, right. as they are. And so both of them, I think, feed into it. And and I, and, I, and I love the creativity of the event planning. I mean, I'm obsessed with that, that piece. <laughs> but I, you know, am pulled to this other part that just wants to see these small business owners and larger business owners really – like hit their sweet spot. Absolutely. Well, and and hopefully you will help us all become big enough that we can do major events that you can then plan for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> of course, that's the, that's the, like the best part about it, right? Well, it's funny because I've been working the last couple of weeks with a, a woman who just kind of waltzed into my life. I didn't I didn't really ask for this, but I guess in, in a part of me was asking for it. Uh, where I really needed to put some things from my my past behind. She was asking me why my business wasn't successful or why it wasn't moving. And it was like, well, you know, I really need more money. And I need, you know, to finish out some development. And she said, well, why don't you go out and raise money? And then I went and started telling her the story of my past because I had a spectacular business failure where I raised $7 million and a million of it was uh, the resources of my husband and I. Now, we didn't have a million dollars, but it was all of the leverage that we created out of the assets that we had. And um, it was was so interesting because she started turning me toward 
uh, you know, kind of wrapping up the past using some, you know, very cool tools that uh, really helped me get sick of telling the stories of my failures. Right. And then looking forward, and one of the things that we're looking at is building the Executive Girlfriends Group into a global organization where I got to tell you that events are going to be absolutely key to that. So when Patty told me that, that uh, you were going to be on the show, um, you know, normally we do focus on authors and books just because it's a it's a fairly um, uh, natural way for me to be able to fit this into my week without having to do an enormous amount of preparation. But it was like, okay, well, let me look at this woman because, uh, you know, nobody comes into my life by accident. And I, I have learned that everybody's part of this amazing tapestry that, you know, we're going to turn it over one day and see this incredible picture, whereas maybe yeah. we saw, you know, some knots here and some, you know, colors that we didn't think fit there. And uh, so anyway, I am so excited about meeting you uh, for, for that reason, because I, I I think that there, you're really on to something, that we do some things in our life because of passion and creativity. And everybody kept asking me, well, you know, are you making money with the Executive Girlfriends Group? And I always said, no, but I never intended to. And so about right. two weeks, the last time I said those words out loud, I just started thinking, well, why? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, it's just part of this whole whole journey that I'm on of figuring out because I, I have been a strategic consultant by trade for 18 years. I've had a very, very successful consulting uh, business to the travel industry and the investment community and uh, have just built some incredible technology that I'll tell you about after the call because it has to do with uh, planning travel to events, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, is another intersection, uh, you know, between between us that we definitely need to explore. But talk to me a little bit about the process of leaving Georgetown. And in in one of the um, introductions to you that I read, it said that you already knew that you wanted uh, to launch into this business. And I had missed the nuance of the fact that you had come from Pasadena. I I was trying to imagine, you know, this young girl going from Washington, uh, you know, and deciding to go to L.A., which, you know, very expensive place to live, yada, 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 right? Yeah. So tell me what was in your head and and how you actually got started in the event planning business. Because you can't just walk up to the stars and say, hey, by the way, if you want to have a super event, call me. Right. Well, um, it's, how I how I got into the so are you saying basically when I when I rebranded in 2000 how I started doing event planning like with celebrities yes yes so after so after the in the restaurant we we had the restaurant and then we had launched a catering company which was a pretty natural segue and yes, and um, had taken over a banquet operation and so I had all kinds of different levels of of party planning experience day to day. And then when I said it, when I, when I launched the party guys in 2000, I was kind of reading the tea leaves and thinking, you know, the barriers to entry to event planning are now very low because, you know, people, you were starting to have more people are starting to have websites and email. And it was, it was, you didn't need to have a certain certification to be an event planner, et cetera, et cetera. And prior to that, it had been one of those things where, if you were a large corporation, you might hire an event planner. But if you were, or you know, you were wealthy and getting married, you might hire a wedding right. planner. But it wasn't kind of the everyman that just hired an event planner. And so, um, I started to realize, wait a second, the market is changing. There's a spot here for people who, you know, are not planning events for IBM, and maybe just need help with navigating 
all this crazy information, you know, that's on the Internet that's available. And, yes, you can place a rental order online, but does that mean that you have insurance or does that mean that you've got your fire permits? No. So you still might need somebody to knit it all together. Exactly. so that was kind of the piece is that I wanted to be a one-stop shop for, for busy people who knew what they wanted and I knew I was going to, you know, was super organized and all that and I would knit it together really seamlessly. Well, then as the first part of this conversation or the answer was, you know, low barriers to entry. So the more, you know, as the years went on, there were more and more event planners, of course, because you could just pop up your website and look like you were a huge company. And so I had more and more competition. And being in Los Angeles, we are flooded. So I thought, I've got to come up with a way, you know, to differentiate myself, you know, sort of this unique selling proposition piece we all keep coming back to. And I realized that if I could, it was a very conscious decision, actually, that if I could work with celebrities that would set me apart because there would just be only, you know, a certain number of us that work with very high profile people. And my girlfriend was a celebrity, was a publicist for the fashion industry and said, Hey, listen, I can get you in front of these people and, you know, do a gift certificate or do something that will lure them in because you're totally unknown. And it's one of those things you, you hit the nail on the head when it's basically like the catch 22 in the old days, you'd be like, well, send me your press kit, and you would want to get press. And you're like, well, if I had a press kit, I wouldn't need you. (laughs) You know, like, so then it was, okay, well, how am I going to get these people to to trust me? And you you figure it out, and you just kind of leverage the, the different profile events that you have done. And then once you land a celebrity or two, then then you just build off of it. And so what I have done is really tried to, distinguish myself as somebody who can handle celebrities and other high-profile people, can keep her mouth shut because that's crucial because they're so used to people selling them out. Um, and I keep my mouth shut. And then after a while, you develop a reputation for that. And 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 then that's how, you know, then life goes on. Then you, it's a sort of assumed. Like I got a, a call two days ago from – a very, 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 very high-profile person, and she was just like, oh, my gosh, thank you for calling me back, and da, 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 da. and I just was like, you know, what Kool-Aid are you freaking drinking, you know? And really? She was, and it was so interesting. It was such a turning point for me to, and she had found us, and she had Googled and done her research and was like, you're the ones I want, and my job, my event is on Monday, and I was like, well, this is how much, I mean, you know, this is the kind of money we're talking about. And she was like, whatever, that's fine, handle it, you know. And it is just, it's a nice feeling. And sometimes I go, wow, I can't believe she's doing that. And then I thought, well, also I've been at it for 23 years. You know, 23 years and how many A-list celebrities later, you do know what you're doing. And you know, yeah, again, absolutely. You, 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 you just, you you do, you, you treat them like you would want to be treated, you know, and then that becomes your sweet spot, but it also is a place that I'm very comfortable with. And I um, I was saying to a friend, it really is, you know, when you talk about target audience and stuff, this really is my my target audience. And I, I love working with people, of course, who are not celebrities, but there's just a certain excitement that I like, and I like the 
kind of like extra little drama and intrigue and, you know, go over there and see the security guard and tell him so-and-so and then you can go in and take photos and, you know, it's, it's just, it's an added layer of fun for me. Well, and, and you know you can bring sanity to it. And I, I, right. I think your value, you know, you talk about uh, being able to articulate your unique selling proposition, but also your value proposition to them is right. that it's all, no matter how much drama there is, that it's right. all going to turn out perfectly and beautifully, yeah. picture perfect. Yeah. Right. And. That is, and they do, they are surrounded by chaos. They're surrounded by basically noise, you know, multiple decision makers and a publicist who's trying to get this out of them and a manager who wants to accomplish this with this event and this who wants to. And so you have to just sort of be good at at ferreting out the noise and and getting the, the key things and just saying, listen, I can take all this chaos and smooth it over, and you just get out of the shower and powder your nose, and exactly. voila, you're in good shape. But that's fit. your product, right? Your product right. isn't the event. Uh, right. You know, I mean, yes, it is the event, and I'm sure you do an amazing job of that. But your your product is what you just described, because you're, right. you know, it's like the old. Uh, assessment of of the uh, cosmetic industry. They're not mm-hmm. delivering lipsticks and, and perfumes. No. They're delivering beauty and giving everybody the ability to feel beautiful. And and so again, I think you know one of the challenges. And you know, as a consultant, I I see this even again with large companies. They don't know who they are and what they're delivering. And one of the reasons why I developed the travel product that I have developed is the entire travel industry for 34 years has been delivering a travel product to an airport or a city center. But that's not where people go. They go to weddings. They go to parties. They go to, you know, large events. uh, You know, they go visit their mother, right? And all of that isn't to an airport or a city center. So they don't realize that they're actually, you know, helping people get to where they're going in a really comfortable way, right? Well, so, um, you know, really true. knowing that, I think, set, sets you apart in your ability to bring cash into your business. Right. Um, so I'm sorry, you were going to chime in with something. No, I just was going, what I was going to chime in is when you said, you know, when you're talking about the travel industry, and it's so true, it's kind of like, it's sort of the difference of, you know, selling the benefits or the, the, the points of, of a plane, like, well, we have, the plane is this and has this many engines and this many da-da-da-da, and you're like, forget selling the damn plane, you're selling Tahiti, you know, you're selling that it's going to be the best, most enjoyable, most comfortable, best food, shortest ride you can possibly get to Tahiti, but Tahiti is what you're after, I mean, I I don't know anybody yet who is dying to just get on a plane for the sake of it. (laughs) And I think sometimes we, we forget that when we're in business and we, 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 it's, and it is very hard. I mean, it happens to me all the time, but I always say you can't see the label from inside the jar and it's right. We have to have somebody else, like consultant or a coach or a mentor. Oh, that's a good one. From the, because it doesn't, you're so close to it, but it, it, you should be able to see it, but you can't. But the other person on the other side can, you know, it's like when, you, when you're dating the wrong person, your friends are like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't see it, you know, but they can see it because they're just reading the label. It's so obvious. Exactly. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, we have to remember, we have to just keep coming back to what do our customers want? Not do we, what do we think they want? What do right. they want? Well, and so. you spend a lot of time, you know, with the profit goddess taking a look at those things. And, and that's yeah. the 
the uh, consulting and coaching side of your business. And I love yeah. the, the resources page on your site, which – uh, and I shared with the Executive Girlfriends Group members this morning the productivity quiz because clearly oh, wasting time and and not having optimal use of the 24 hours that's given to all of us every day is right. is one of the key things of why we can't be productive or profitable. Well, and it's something that, that to me it's like it's almost – and my dad is a doctor, so sometimes I – I sort things out in my head, like medical stuff, because that's what I grew up with. But it's almost like I can look at, just like a doctor can look at somebody's EKGs or look at, you know, your their cholesterol or whatever and be like, okay, well, here's the problem. It's your diet or it's this or it's that. Well, I can look at, I just asked a client to track their time for a week. I can tell you exactly where, where their problems are just based on that because right. it all boils down to how you spend your time. And if you're not getting the results, in sales or in your margins or in your, you know, whatever it is, all you do is look at where somebody's spending their time, shift from one of the, you know, activities that's not bringing in the, the revenue or the margins or, or and, and shift it out with something that has a, a much higher likelihood of doing that. And it's very basic, but it's, we just don't think to do it. And, mm-hmm you've got to really analyze regularly how you spend your time and what is giving you the biggest bang for the buck. Right, but I'll tell you what so impressed me about you. Uh, I, I have seen a lot of websites, and I, I, you know, many of the authors that I interview are also coaches. And mm-hmm. uh, what I absolutely loved about this productivity quiz is that you actually use it to serve up the right coaching product for the right person. I know that my results delivered me to a different landing page than somebody else who takes that quiz. And that is absolute brilliance when it comes to packaging because you can serve many different kinds of people. And and you, you already know that your coaching product is customizable. But rather than right. saying, uh, giving the Chinese menu of here are all the things I can do, and you know, it kind of throws the monkey on the back of the person who is having to come and say, well, do I need coaching? Because um, right. they have to get over that hurdle to begin with. But you right. so beautifully draw us in to here's exactly what you need based on what you just told me in this productivity quiz. And, it, okay. and by the way, it was way more subtle than that. But because mm-hmm. I'm a quick study and I, you know, I've seen a lot of this stuff, uh, yeah. it, it is one of the best I have ever seen. So bravo. Well, thank you. And, and I appreciate you saying that because we have been, you know, like every aspect of your business, you, you, you spend a lot of time on it and most importantly you spend a lot of time doing it doing it wrong. And so this is something that we've really just launched and, and, and barely. We you know, we we're we're tossing it out there but we're you know, we're getting kinks out and all those things. And um so I appreciate I appreciate you saying that because it's just it's like business and in, in life. You you have to kiss a lot of freaking frogs, you know? To <laughs> Definitely. Get it, get it right. Well, and here's the other thing, Marley, is that, uh, you know, in both hearing you speak, I I listened to a couple of your interviews and, uh, you know, kind of reading the voice of how you write. Uh, Mm -hmm. You have a very definite voice to who you are, your personality, your business personality. And your voice comes across so beautifully in this 
uh, productivity quiz, which for those of you who are listening, uh, it's theprofitgoddess.com uh, forward slash resources, and you'll see it as one of the tools that she shows. But you make it fun, and, and uh, with that tongue-in-cheek kind of fun of, you know, why are you taking this quiz? Well, of course, I picked because somebody made me do it because, right. <laughs> because well, you sent because, it to me, and it's like I better take it before I tell my people to take it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that – and that's why I did that is, is part of just in terms of when you talk about target audience and you talk about your unique selling proposition, and one of my core things is – Absolutely, based on I, I was so tired of having you know all these accountants and MBAs and investment people and all this stuff kind of try to scare me into what I should do for my retirement stuff and confuse me and all these things. And one of the things I I, I realized was that my message was going to be it does not have to be complicated and it does not have to be boring. And you can learn numbers, finances, anything. You can learn 90% of what you need to do pretty quickly and you can spend the rest of your life on the last 10 percent of course right. but it's the 90 percent or 95 percent that's, that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and so yes the tongue-in-cheek part and everything is also to to get you to see that there is a different way we, we don't only have to read textbooks to get knowledge we can get knowledge and really good quality information um, without having it be boring. And I am allergic to boring, and so I try to make anything I do <laughs> not too. boring. But, yeah. So what's next for you? Where are you going? I, I saw in one of the, I think it may have been on your website, that, you know, it's your goal to do, you know, three really top A-list events per year. And, you know, so you, and I, I, I knew that you cared about goal setting because of some of the questions you asked in the productivity yeah. quiz. So I know you've got a plan. So so what's what's Marley's plan? Okay, well, it's, ironically, you should ask it in terms of, you would have to be much more specific because, of course, I have my plan right down to the let, you know the note of accomplishments they put in my casket. But um, <laughs> big picture, of course you do. I, of course I do. I mean, I have it all. You know, now by the by the way, it's not do you accomplish all your goals and do you adjust your course as you go? Of course, but I do think I fundamentally believe that it's it, and there's a lot of science to back it up a research that you you cannot hit a target that you can't see. And so I'm all about you set up your goal. And my ultimate goal, first of all, I want to be um, Pasadena's first self-made woman billionaire. So that's number one. Like I'm millionaire does not interest me. I'm all about to be only for really, you know, just to kind of challenge myself. But the right. second thing is, is that I really, what I'm trying to do with the profit goddess is I want to be the Susie Orman of small business. And uh, just like, she is kind of the go-to person of, should I pay off my credit cards or cash in my 401k or whatever? I right. want to be that resource for, for women in business so that they say, um, should I spend time on social media? Should I hire a publicist? Do I need a full-time accountant? Do I, I, I want to be that kind of accessible go-to person who is Love it. In, in magazines. So it's like if you just pick it up at the nail salon, you might come across it. Or if you turn on TV, you know, public television late night, you might be like, oh, that's a, a great resource to, to dig deeper. But I'm obsessed with learning and reading and my curiosity is pretty much insatiable. So I figure as long as, as I have that and I'm inspired to really save people 
I think my my net net goal is just to save people a lot of the anxiety and anguish that I had, you know, beating myself up for not knowing the answers and most importantly, not knowing where to go. I just didn't know how to solve my problems because if I did, I would have done it. But of I course. Just, you know, and these days there's so many more resources that are obvious, but still. There are too many, though. Trouble. Marley, I mean, yeah. I think you said it early, earlier. There, there is too much to navigate, and whether it yeah. is somebody trying to plan an event and, and thinking, mm-hmm. well, how, how hard can this be? Or, right. I mean, I remember planning my own wedding and thinking how crazy I was to work full-time and do that. Right. Um, but there's too much. And so we do need people to navigate and help. And, and in my industry, it's amazing. Everybody has said for decades that the travel agent was going to die. Well, they're, they, right. they're not. And in fact, they're the not. 20 and 30 year olds are using them more than the baby boomers are because they value their time more than, than anything. Right. And, well, and that's why people use professionals. You're so right. And it's like my travel agent and, and I, I mean, I'm a tech girl. Like, am I, can I, you know, could I be the next Bill Gates? Of course not. But I love technology and apps and, you know, how it relates to productivity and all that. I, I'm very comfortable in that world. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't dream of handling any aspect of what I do without a travel agent. And the reason being is just because I need to be able to call him up literally call him. I mean, like, can you imagine, like, actually dialing the phone and <laughs> instead of just sending an email? And I'll call him up because I can do it while I'm driving or in between appointments sure. or something. Give him the data dump. Have him ask me the questions. Okay, so these are the dates, boom, boom, boom. Saves me time, and then he spits back my options. And of so course. I think you're exactly right. It's, it's people who are, you know, productive or want to be productive or have a lot of balls in the air or – whether it's their kids or their companies, we are looking for shortcuts. And to me, time is the one thing I can never get more of. And so if I can right. shave 10 minutes off of this or 10 minutes off of that, that is very worthwhile to me. And it, it means, A, I can do some high productivity thing for my business, like you know, sales or writing, or it might just mean that I get to, to spend quality time like with my kids or getting a massage or something that's really going to be meaningful instead of just kind of, you know, wasting the time. So Right. Well, you know, I think time is such a huge factor with me. And, in fact, my, I've got a daughter who just turned 16. And mm-hmm. uh, the biggest freedom for me was having her drive her brother to school every day. Oh, right? I had yeah. to give up having the car, but it, I got two and a half hours back in my life. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I think we just, we have to take a step back, I think, from our lives. And, you know, whether we're searching for profitability or, you know, as I've been sharing with people, I call myself a philanthropist because my whole goal and I like the B goal as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to write a, a book called The Scarlet B, which is about um, you know, life after bankruptcy. But I think that mm-hmm. that B can also be <laughs> that my yeah. B will be billionaire as well. But I believe the definition of being rich is being able to give unconstrained. And that's exactly. what I want to be able to do. Exactly. That's, and that's the same thing is that if you all of a sudden, you know, 
meet some kid who has literally got to pull the application from, or, you know, pull their acceptance from college because at the last minute the parents, you know, suffer some reversal of fortune, you can say, oh, my God, I'm going to pay for education right now. Absolutely. That's how you change lives. It's not about, you know, hoarding the latest Prada bag. It's about saying, you know what, I want to, I'm in a position to my family's taking care of my kids are taking care of and I'm taking care of and now I want to be able to be like yeah I can change your life and you don't have to stress about it right and that's to me ultimately what it's what it's all about and it's kind of you know like trying to to me I kind of look at it as like you're you get to be the fairy godmother you know yes absolutely well I, I want to touch on one thing before we wrap up um when when you were at the restaurant, um, and yeah. you know you had just come out of Georgetown, you married the the uh, the guy from the restaurant, and yeah. and you had your first child, and I yeah. remember reading um, a a portion of your bio that talked about how you doubted your ability to be a, a good wife and, and yeah. a good mother because of the demands. Well, not not necessarily the demands the business placed on you, the demands you put on yourself to right. get the business to where you wanted it to be. I think that that's really what it was. Well, now, right. uh, you know, here we are uh, some some time later. I don't remember how many years it's been since since uh, those days in your life. But you now have three kids. You have yeah. a, a second successful marriage. And and so so talk to me about where, where you are in that initial assessment of, oh, my God, can I be a good wife and mother and be successful in business at the same time? Because a lot of the executive girlfriends group – um, are the breadwinners in their family? I, I yeah. have been the breadwinner in my family for nearly 24 years, and this is the first year that my husband is actually making more than me, and it's fabulous for our, our marriage, and it's it's been really great all all around. Um, but I, I want to know where where you are. Sure. Well, one thing um, where I am, ironically, is I have wrapped up my second unsuccessful marriage. Actually. Oh, okay. So I um I. And I got divorced um, for the second time. Now, granted, one of them was annulled, just in case anybody's keeping score. But um, <laughs> I, the, the, the successful part of both of those marriages are, are my children. And my oldest from the first marriage is, is a sophomore this year at Fordham. And my other two are in first and third grade. And oh, my goodness. I, little you can ones. imagine. Yeah, so last year my joke was, you know, college to kindergarten was my span. So uh, I think so I am – very knock on wood, successfully dating for over a year, my boyfriend who's the greatest and love. And I think sometimes you have to just make so many mistakes to know really exactly what you want. Um, But I, so I would say I'm at that place that a lot of us are, which is, I mean, just last night I was, I had to go to a funeral for a friend who died way too young. Yet my middle son has very bad ADHD and was, getting in trouble in school and we had had kind of a rocky day with trying to get him reorganized. And, you know, I was told I had to, I had to go, obviously I had to go to this funeral. I'm trying to get him organized with the homework and not be completely impatient. Yet at the same time, I have this very big last minute job that came up for Monday and an installation for another job today. And, so I think it's just, I think, until the day you breathe your last, I think women especially, we're just always going to be conflicted about 
where, you know, should I spend my time here or there? And quite frankly, at least for me, it, it really never feels like I'm in the right place. You know, right. I, I've gotten over it for the most part. Um, it does, it's not totally debilitating like it used to be. But I think now I'm, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I, what I am very good at now is asking for help. And right. if I, well, and I think that's so key. Huge. And so sometimes when you try to do it all yourself, there's just no way. And in fact, I'm uh, right before I got on the phone with you, I was writing my blog for the day. I, I've been writing a series called Success Soup, the alphabet mm-hmm. soup of success. And I'm on the letter mm-hmm. T, which is for ah. team. And I, I was actually using the uh, analogy of my son's football game yesterday because in, in the past I have never been at my kids' events. And mm-hmm. I was the one on the road all the time, and my husband was actually the Mr. Mom, and we had a live-in nanny. And three years ago my husband got the job of his dreams, and he was 61 at the time. And mm-hmm. he's on the road all the time now and absolutely loves it. And, you know, so now I'm playing mom, and I didn't even know what my kids like to eat. Right. right. And so yesterday, I'm not only at his football game, I am running the chains down on the football field, right? And I I just have to imagine that my son is thinking, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah, so cool, yeah. (laughs) So I'm uh, I'm kind of playing a reversal of roles right now while building my next uh, big thing. Um, but I'm glad to hear you be honest about that. And we actually started there, you know, almost an hour ago of you talking about the importance of transparency. And I am right with you. I think we empower other women by talking about our struggles, not by pretending they don't exist. Well, and I and I think it's it's a fast way to to take the wind out of anybody's sails when when you seem unattainable or too perfect or too whatever, because I always say, listen, if if you think somebody isn't pretty much in the same boat you are in some aspect, you either don't know them well enough or they're lying to you because we all have our demons. And and I can, as they say, how many celebrities I've worked with, I can't even count. And I can't think of one that, you know, doesn't have basically deal with what we all deal with, which is, you know, you go to the party and you're the you go by yourself and you're looking for somebody to talk to or you're uncomfortable or you're it's just it is. We all doubt ourselves. We all know right. it's, it's different with each person, it's to a different degree, but you know, it's just I, I finally learned that uh, it was exhausting trying to keep up the facade of something that I so clearly was not. So I find it easier just to say, yeah, I blew it. And if you want to unfriend me on Facebook, you know, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, well, Marley, I, I, especially hearing your story about having to uh, get set up for this event today as, as well as getting ready for this big event on Monday. I, I just so, Thank you for taking the time uh, to share your life with us, to share your dreams, and and uh, to share the book that you did read, which, by the way, I am going to order and, and I am going to read it because I, I really – this is something I consult with others on as well is, you know, are you making money yet or is this just right. a very expensive hobby? So, um, you know, again, uh, our guest today was Marley Major. Marley, can you tell folks the best way – uh, to reach you uh, in case they do want to do a major event or in case they would like sure. for you to coach them. Sure. Um, okay, so first of all, 
one thing I put, I made a, pro, a productivity quiz just for, for you guys that, uh, just with a unique link that, that your audience can access, and it's theprofitgoddess.com forward slash EGFG for Executive Girlfriends Group. So theprofitgoddess.com forward slash EGFG, in case you guys want that. And then um, they can go to my main website, which is marleymajor.com, and that's M-A-R-L-E-Y. M-A-J-C-H-E-R.com, and um, that will take them either to the party goddess or to the profit goddess. And um, they can, so if it's a party or if it's the consulting piece, and, um, you know, the other thing, too, I always tell people it sounds random, but I love Twitter and Instagram and those things. So the easiest way always to find me is um, on Twitter. (laughs) So you can just shoot me a tweet and be like, hey, I just left you a message. So I'll call you right back. Okay, but, terrific. And you've got all of the links, all of your social media links on your website. And uh, so, again, I, thank you so, so much. And I just hope you have two amazingly successful events. And I can't wait uh, to reconnect with you about some of the things I've got going on and to see if there's anything we could do together. Perfect. For those of you who are listening, oh, yeah. Well, I will definitely be in touch with about that. So for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to know anything more about the Executive Girlfriends Group, you can go to executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And also we have a public group on Facebook that you can go to, which will give you information about membership. And then once you are a member of the group, uh, we will open up our private Facebook group to you. And if you are a member of the group, you are always welcome to be on these calls live and have direct access to ask your own questions to uh, an amazing group of authors uh, just like Marley. So, Marley, thank you so much again, and uh, thanks for those of you who've been listening, and we will see you again next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.